Welcome back, everybody, to episode six of the 12-partner off-season series with your host, Thurm Carter, today to talk about the Burrow Show Pigs. Before I get into this roster, I was thinking, you know, some talking points about the Show Pigs today, and my first thought was the off-season of 2022, if anyone can recall, Jake essentially went from this last place team with, you know, it was a pretty rough roster, wide receiver-wise especially, which is so funny looking at his roster now and what he's done to transform his, especially his receiving core. But from that that 22 offseason, I think Jake made 51 acquisitions or 51 transactions that offseason, which will never be topped. Like, it will, it will never be topped by anyone. As we can see, you know, there have been no trades this offseason, which is Honestly, for a mature dynasty league, that's that's pretty common. Some people get a little bit of fantasy burnout, and then a lot of people value draft picks a lot more. And so they're still trying to figure out the combine, which is coming up next week. And we're talking about draft position, draft capital. There's a lot to be decided, but I believe lots of trades are going to be happening during the draft. So that's something to look forward to, but... Back to this 2022 offseason. Jake's team reminds me a lot of Genghis Khan, for those who know. And and Genghis Khan ran the Mongol dynasty, I don't know, like 750 years ago. And I'm not calling Jake's team a dynasty because he hasn't won anything. Like zero titles, um, zero championship experience, zero. Actually, in the past few years, first round exits. So no success for the show pigs which is kind of why the title of this podcast is called All Show. Not a lot going for them, you know, right on paper, which I've used that term in my life very frequently with the Browns, especially in those 19, 2019, 2020, 2021, where the talent looked like it was there on paper, but it can never do anything or come to fruition on anything. So that reminds me of that term that I say, you know, looks good on paper. But the reason why he's Genghis Khan is the fact that pretty much he has touched. There's a player on everyone's roster that has at one point been a show pig. 0.5% of the male population, world population. So that's like what, like 16 million people. So 0.5% of the people have Genghis Khan's Y chromosome. This dude was a fertile maniac and his seed is everywhere. And, you know, I could have gone with like, hey, like Jake's team's kind of like the Atlanta airport or something, or like Orlando, I think might be the most uh, traffic going in and out. But I thought I'd go a step up and talk about Genghis Khan, because I bet you, you weren't thinking about Genghis Khan today or maybe this year. So you're welcome for that. Look him up. Insane. Now, they were not all consent, so have at it, but. Genghis Khan, show pigs without the dynasty. Let's get into the 23 season. Um, obviously, he was my preseason favorite. He won a lot of awards for his roster. And there are a couple of things we mentioned in the preseason that would derail the show pigs. And, and that's exactly what happened was injuries. Injuries, especially in the running back room. The running back room was very weak. Jonathan Taylor was the guy. Obviously, he is a top five 
running back still in Dynasty. But A.J. Dillon just never became anything. If you need three yards from A.J. Dillon, you're good to go. But if you want anything more than three yards from A.J. Dillon, you're not getting it. So that's just how it goes. And then after that, you know, he made the acquisition to Tony Pollard, but too late this season. And Tony Pollard was just not having the greatest of years. But I'm not going to dog that trade at all. Uh, I think that Tony Pollard was still recovering from that leg injury that he suffered from the hip drop tackle the year before. And I think I saw some statistics that he said that he felt back, back like himself in week 11. And then from if you look at his stats from week 11 on, there was a great uptick in yards after contact. And there's an uptick of yards per carry. So maybe, you know, going in, I think he is going to be a free agent and they probably will not sign him because they're still paying Ezekiel Elliott $6 million next year. So I think Tony Pollard finds a new home. Maybe he goes to a team that has a great running scheme or maybe a team that has a zone running scheme, which is what he's very good at. So maybe he finds a team there and makes a jump. So, but for the 2023 season, he was not part of the show picks very long and the rest of the running backs, whether it be Kenneth Gainwell or Rico Dowdle or A.J. Dillon, and he even threw in Justice Hill, and there were some other running backs. Uh, I believe one from the, I believe from the Arizona Cardinals. I forget his name off the top of my head, but he started a lot of guys. And then the wide receivers is completely opposite of his preseason, you know, prediction. We're talking. We thought his two, three best guys were going to be Cooper Cup, T. Higgins, and Devonta Smith. And out of his main five receivers, because he starts five, still very deep at receiver. Those three guys were the worst. Those guys ranked out three, four, and five. Free agent acquisition, Fuka Nakua, wide receiver four or five in DLF, was a signing in the offseason period because he was not drafted in our rookie draft. And now he is Jake's most valuable dynasty asset. That is insane for a guy that has never, I repeat, never drafted in the first round of a rookie draft, now has one of the top assets simply by reading DLF and making good acquisitions and picking up Puka Nakua because Cooper Cup was hurt, T. Higgins was hurt, Devonta Smith, especially at the end of the season, really, you know, as that team in general, the Eagles really just failed as a, as a collective group. And then you have DJ Moore, who was incredible for DJ Moore. You know, DJ Moore has been knocking at that door for quite some time. You saw the potential. It was always the what if, especially with the quarterback situation being the way it has been, whether it be in Carolina, whether it even be in Chicago. But DJ Moore really had a phenomenal year, even with, you know, Tyson Badgett starting several games for him. So going in, like I said, I expected, I didn't even expect Puka, you know. I thought maybe Jerry Judy or Tyler Lockett would be that five. And we could talk about those guys because I think Judy, we got to give up on Judy. And I think that Lockett will be a cap casualty and we'll see where where Lockett lands. And, and I wonder how that impacts his dynasty value. But from Jake's standpoint, really not a startable guy overall, just – that Seattle offense in general was inconsistent, to say the least. 
no receiver in that group, DK, JSN, or Lockett, really inspired any sort of positive feeling about that team. So funny how that goes, but Cooper Cup dealt with injury. T. Higgins, like I said, the top three guys really just never got consistent play, never got consistent product for Jake, leading to a lot of you know empty feeling for him. And then tight end, Kelsey. Kelsey was misleading because Kelsey didn't have a Kelsey year. Kelsey still was ranked as the top five tight end in fantasy points per game. And then also, once again, Jake being one of the most avid readers of DLF, saw an article on Jake Ferguson in the offseason and picked him up. So Jake didn't have any draft picks last year, and he landed two of the top ten draft picks or rookies from the 2023 season. So props to Jake on that. Uh, so and then so that's tight end. You know, Kelsey obviously looked phenomenal during his Super Bowl run, especially that last catch he had on that drag in the Super Bowl. That dude was cooking. He did not look 34 years old by any stretch of the imagination. He was booking it. And then Jake Ferguson is a nice tight end too. I mean, you really don't need to fill any more tight end spots than that. That's a really good, obviously one of the greatest tight ends of all time with a young tight end on an offense that really utilizes tight end as Dalton Schultz has proven um, to be the case. So great feed um, from that, that standpoint. So what do we do in 24? Because what happened to the show picks this year? Once again, just a pretty mediocre regular season comes in and loses in the first round. I can't say much. I did the same thing back-to-back years. Logan can't say anything. He did the same thing back-to-back years. And yeah, Jake, obviously. So how do we get past this home? Because fantasy is a lot of luck. And as we saw with the injuries, I think Jake and Ben were probably one of the more bitten by the injury bug this year. How do you get past that? Because there's a thing with Jake's roster construction that makes it challenging for him to do anything. Now, I'm not going to put it past Jake because Jake is as Jake is the catalyst of this league for those that don't think so he is and he's not maybe the best like when Brett Brett could seem like the catalyst Ben could seem like the catalyst those two guys when they send a message out it usually gets the most you know interaction when those two guys message it usually gets more eyes on the group chat Jake is the most consistent he's the most involved he, like I said, with the Genghis Khan, he has made the most transactions of anyone. So in terms of keeping that water flowing of roster changing, Jake's leading in that department. He is extremely involved in DLF and, and understanding, you know, fantasy football and football in general. So I am just using this little moment before we talk about what can you do this offseason as a thank you for that. But in the 24 offseason, like this season, you need – a third party to make any trades, I think, unless you want to move uh, like a guy like Devonta Smith or T Higgins or DJ Moore for picks or for players. And then you could do an, another move. You know, I know that you are a big guy on what's the next move. And so, so when you make a trade, you're obviously thinking about the pieces that you're receiving, how you can apply them to the next trade or how you're going to use them in the future, which is the right thing to do. I just think that when you have no, no first in the 24, 25 or 26, 
you have no picks this year. You had no picks last year. And your next pick is a 25 second. How do you move players to get what you want? Because you have Herbert at quarterback, which is a good option, but obviously got hurt. Underwhelming Chargers offense. How do you, do you do anything with Herbert? Probably not. Jonathan Taylor. Could you move Jonathan Taylor? Potentially, but with a running back landscape, hard to do it. Wide receivers, you have a bunch of good guys in Puka. And that's crazy for me to say because, like, never would have thought, hey, Puka is an elite option. But Puka is an elite option, and DJ Moore is inconsistent. T. Higgins is a wide receiver, too, as of now, and I think he'll stay that way. On a consistent offense, but he's still inconsistent. Devonta Smith, same thing. Extremely talented wide receiver, too, on an inconsistent offense. And then you have guys like Jerry Judy who fanned him. Like, he's done. I think Jerry Judy, it's unbelievable that he hasn't been able to do anything in the NFL. But I think Jerry Judy's done. And I think Tyler Lockett's stock is dropping significantly. Which leads you to, you know, what, what, is, what do you do? I would personally move one guy uh, of your receivers. You do have five. You're, you are five deep, which is great. But why I like Logan's roster construction better than yours, sorry for the brotherly comparison, is that I think that Logan has elite talent and that he has the ability to continually acquire potential elite talent. And, and we've seen stats and we've seen data, you know, with draft picks versus established players. But you're at the point now where your team's – I just want to compare it. Your team is much better off than Michael's, but your team has no – like, what you have is what you get. And will Devon Smith make a jump? It just depends. We don't know. But what you have this year is likely the starting nine that you have next year unless you make a big move. And I really can't pinpoint a big move unless you use a third team. We, we have a three-team trade because a team like – mine or Alex or Tommy or Ben that has multiple 24 assets that people want now in order for you to make a jump. So if you wanted to trade to get Amon Rossi Brown or get, I don't know, CD lamb, everyone wants CD lamb, right? So you would probably require me or one of those few guys that has a lot of picks that could kind of facilitate you and boost you up as you, you know, pawn away one of your, star receivers, I can get something in return and you can use my picks to help out a team like Michael. So that's an option for you. Uh, obviously, this year there is a rule change for those that don't know. And it was it was a commissioner rule because it was a small rule overall. And I think it's going to make the league more fun, especially with waivers. But we are running waivers twice this offseason. And I know that may that only hurts like two people. And it only hurts it hurts Jake and it probably hurts myself. But what I'm doing is I'm opening waivers during free agency. And then I'm opening waivers at the start of training camp. And it's gonna be closed the rest of the way. And so the reason is is that we're not spending fab as a league during the offseason. Like no one ever spends anything. And there's been – I'm trying to promote more acquisition off waivers by kind of treating it as like I'm filling up a cup where 
if we're running waivers every week in June, July, when, you know, 90% of the league is checked out, it is an advantage for those that are constantly doing it like Jake. But I think that as a league as a whole, I have to think about the league as a whole. It's better for the league um, to have this build up where all these rookies are either killing it in OTAs or, you know, there, there's articles, there's headway on these specific players. Then we can actually have some fun and another checkpoint in the off season to add a little bit of spice to the league. So I'm taking away one of Jake's advantages and I'm sorry for that. It's mine as well. And it's the reason why your team got Puka and Jake Ferguson, but also some people still don't know about Puka or Jake Ferguson. So I, I believe that it's not going to hurt you all that, that much. You're just not gonna be able to get them right away, but you got to be active in the UDFA uh, department this year. I think that there, there are way too many wide receivers that are going to be drafted in the NFL draft that won't be able to fill out a rookie draft because you're going to have three or four quarterbacks that are drafted in our rookie draft. You're going to have a few tight ends that are drafted in our rookie draft. And then you're going to have several running backs, especially in that second round. So you're going to have a lot of UDFA guys to fill out that taxi squad and to fill out that back end of that bench to try to give you some hope on getting some young talent. Uh, but I would try to get in the 24 draft. I think, I think that would be a good play for you. I know that's not your way, and I don't think that you're going to do it. But I think it would be fun for you. I, I think it's fun to be a part of the NFL draft and to, to be part of that rookie draft instead of just watching on the sidelines. So let's see if you make a move. I know you will try to. I know you have several moves written in notes up your sleeve that you're ready to you know release. And I think come March and April, those – those traits will be able to be released as we know more about our draft picks and we know more about how we can move players. So that's all I really have for, for the show picks. It wasn't as dramatic as the Eric Legaz podcast, which we got to bring up, but it was a good one for my favorite league member. And next week, baby, it has to be next week. But Eric and Michael, if you want to do my team, you may do a podcast and send it my way and I will publish it without even listening to it beforehand. I'll publish it and I'll listen to it and see what your guys' analysis of my team is. Because I have my own personal analysis and I'm pretty honest with my team at this moment. I always have been. If you heard me throughout all the traffic talks with Therm, Throughout the season, I've been pretty honest with my team. But if you – I am I think Jake came up with a great idea that you two should do it since I'm going to be the hardest on you two in this podcast series. So give it your all, but be fair, be honest, and provide some facts, all right? I don't want some subjective BS. Well, I guess mine is too, but, like, it's with facts in mind. I'm coming up with my opinion. So don't just say shit be because I dog your teams. I want reasons. So that's a message to you, Eric and Michael. If you even listen to this podcast next week, I look forward to listening. Until then, enjoy all show, the recap of the Burrow Show picks. See you guys.